Wait, I'm gonna erase this. Let me try again. Do over again. Ugh. So people don't be confident. Confidence is overrated, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hello and welcome to the learning experience brought to you by Trainers Forum. Hosted by myself, Oscar, and Enlade. Hi everyone, this is the science and art of learning and learning in non-formal education. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. Today we are joined by Daniel, Andrea, Nida and Ivana. They are presidents of Isaac in their own countries. Daniel is the president of Isaac in Denmark. Andrea is president of Isaac in Bulgaria. Nida is the president of Isaac in Estonia. And Ivana is the president of Isaac in Macedonia. So hello, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> nice. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? So let's start with uh, Andrea. Hello. Uh, well, I'm 23 years old. Um, I moved in Bulgaria one year ago with Isaac. Um, I love books and board games, and I'm not sure what else to say. <laughs> Great, thank you. Let's hear from Daniel. Hello, people. Super excited to be here. Uh, so my name is Daniel. Uh, I am the president of Isaac in Denmark, uh, and uh, I've been living in Denmark for almost um, seven years now, even though originally I'm from Bulgaria. Um, and I'm very, very uh, excited to be here on this podcast and just share a little bit more about my experience. Nice, thank you. What about you, Nida? Hi, so my name is Nida. I'm originally Turkish, but working in Estonia starting from 2019. I'm an industrial engineer, so I'm wandering around. Uh, so this is mainly it, like the basic stuff about me. So yeah. And we have Ivana. Hello, hello from my side. Thank you so much, Mladen, for inviting uh, us over today on this uh, podcast. It is a great pleasure. I am Ivana and I am the president of Isaac in Macedonia. I am 22 years old and soon to be graduate, so I'm very <laughs> excited about that. And yeah, in general, I like spending my time traveling. Uh, so I would like to say that that's my hobby in a way. <laughs> I've been in ISEC for more than three years, so I'm more than happy to be sharing my experience today about it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, so much. And I'm Mladen. I mean, people know me here. I'm also the president of Isaac in Iceland. I'm not from Iceland, <laughs> but I'm from Serbia, and uh, I'm excited to start this episode with you. I think people here are hearing this word too many times, so if one of you can explain in a nutshell what Isaac is. Isaac in general is a not-for-profit uh, youth organization that has a long, long history. Uh, for me, uh, basically uh, what Isaac is about and what we're striving for to come off as is that Isaac is about leadership. So like we're developing leadership in young people through different um, ways. One of the main ways is through sending them on exchange, but this is not the only way. Um, we have many other things such as developing our members, and um, just making them more aware about issues in the world, about their self-awareness uh, through our Isaac way. Um, so it's very, very uh, broad, 
but our main product is leadership for, for young people. I was about to say like the same thing. It's a youth organization run by the youth at the same time. So it's somehow we are following the trends and what drives the world with the light of the youth. So this is an organization that it's like nonprofit, but at the same time, it's run an operation that is so impactful. It's about the exchange and about the cultural changes in the world. So this is what we do in the ISEC. I would also like to add uh, some, I, I, I experienced ISEC as, as a big platform of people from more than 114 places all around the world, countries and territories where we are creating opportunities for youth in many different ways. Um, we create um, events, we create projects, uh, international ones, national ones, and the main idea is that everything that we do is for peace and fulfillment of humankind's potential and cross-cultural understanding, which still in today's world, very essential for us to understand each other, our cultural differences, um, uh, our different nationalities and so on. So this platform offers many, many, many opportunities for youth and the world in general. I think it's still like blurry in a sense of what we actually do and what is the education that we have in Isaac. So let's start from, from that part to explain how education happens in Isaac. And uh, I mean, five of us know that there, there are models, that are some guidelines that we have. So let's start from there. What is and how is education different in Isaac than in other places? One thing that I really like about ISEC is that most of the education is done through practical experiences. We really want to emphasize on offering uh, young people practical experiences and not just practical experiences, but also practical experiences in challenging environments, which is uh, very, very, very important because those challenging environments are actually pushing individuals get outside of their comfort zone. Because we believe as an organization that, uh, of course, if you're staying in your own comfort zone, then you're not going to be getting that much out of your own potential. So the way that we do everything is, in general, we, as an organization, we have an amazing, we call it a leadership development model, which is actually incorporating many, many, many spaces through which we, we shape the individuals with specific educational spaces, with specific challenging uh, environments. Uh, so yeah, that's something that I really, really want, uh, want wanted to emphasize on. So I totally agree with what Ivana said. And um, I might say something that uh, could sound a little bit controversial, um, but as someone who have been through bachelor and master's degree uh, and at the same time four years in ISEC, I must say that um, I learned much more in ISEC than in my university degrees. Like the most beautiful thing uh, about our organization and how education happens there, I believe, is that um, we sort of like none of us is teacher as as by, by their degree or anything like that. So we do not have like any sort of professional experience in teaching people uh, or a degree. And yet we managed to do it somehow. Uh, and we actually do it in a, in a way that's being remembered afterwards and absorbed by our members, etc. So I believe in general that 
um, also related to what Ivana said by placing confidence in the young people that they can do something, uh, then they just go out there and do it. Um, and one of the most important thing uh, about Isaac as well is that it is this, um, or most of the time is this safe space where you actually can fail without someone um, really um, sort of, um, I don't know, nagging you about it or anything like that. It's a space free to fail. Like we expect people to fail on the way to learning. So this is why it gives you at the very moment, this practical experience so that you can actually remember what you have learned for a lifetime, which unfortunately, in my opinion, at least is not the case with the university degrees. Um, what I would like to add is that um, like having this, you have this space, why safe space while you also go and do things that almost in any other place you wouldn't be allowed to do it like so easily and to be allowed to do this kind of mistakes like we are doing certain processes and uh, activities and so on that are done in companies for example and you have the place to do mistakes and to learn and then you go in the you know real world and uh, you know what to do because you you had the space where you could learn this and where people were like you know supporting you and believing in you that you could do it and another thing is the network that we have because for anything almost anything that you want to learn there is always somebody you can turn up to like an, somebody that was in isaac years ago or somebody that is in isaac with you now and you can just go to them and tell them to help you to learn this and they are for sure going to help you. I mean, in Isaac, we have this model that is called uh, 70 20 10, which is 70% uh, goes to practical experiences uh, and learning by practical experiences. Then we have 20% uh, learning by peer to peer communication and 10% by theoretical knowledge. We believe that this is the most uh, effective and efficient way that uh, a person can actually gain knowledge and the skill set needed um, to function in their daily life. But what's also uh, very important to say on this topic is that we also put a lot of uh, emphasis on solution orientation, which is a very, very important asset uh, on how we develop individuals uh, and it's once once again related with this challenging environment that we create we don't spoon feed people uh, we give them direction we guide them when there's a problem uh, we don't solve the problem for the people but we give the space for the people to offer solutions so that they can solve the problem on their own and that's actually when they get outside of their comfort zone and many individuals when they enter our organization they might find it difficult in the beginning um that they're maybe lacking ideas on how to solve solve a specific problem and so on but it is all about the direction that we're giving and believing in them that they can actually create a specific solution it's so nice to hear because we we do i don't no none of us are from the same entity from the same country in isaac but we do feel these things that are happening in macedonia in denmark in bulgaria in estonia and i totally agree that this is what isaac is also for uh for iceland but let's talk about those challenging environments so because 
we've been talking about challenging environments a lot here. What what is that challenging environment like a specific challenging environment for a young person in in Isaac, for example? I mean, <laughs> it's it's a, not a lie that when you're a student and when you have to pass your courses and then you have also responsibilities in your private life with your parents and so on. But then you're also volunteering in an organization such as ISEC, where you're actually, you actually need to get involved so that you create projects, so that uh, you take care of um, the responsibilities that you have within the organization. That's challenging environment still because you're, you, you are, you don't want to fail, you know, you don't want to fail in your own private life. And being, learning how to balance these things, these other responsibilities aside from Isaac, that's the first challenge that they have, especially the new members that are coming in the organization, because they are faced with working hours that we, all, we, we have over here in the organization. And sometimes they are like, oh my God, how am I supposed to do this? Uh, then we, we talk about time management and how they can get organized and so on. This is the first challenging step for them, knowing how to manage their own responsibilities, both in ISEC and outside of ISEC. I believe that that's the most challenging experience for especially for the new members. And then of course, it's the, the higher you go in the organization and the higher, the bigger the responsibilities that come and the bigger the ownership that you have, I feel that it becomes even more challenging. Like, for example, for me personally, the biggest challenge that I had in, in ISEC was uh, learning how to manage three different positions at the same time, uh, uh, handling my university degree, uh, taking care of my scholarship, uh, being a daughter, being a friend, being a girlfriend, and all of these things. That's a challenging experience for me. If I could add to this, I would say that the challenging environment depends so much on each individual. Because if I remember when I joined ISEC almost four years ago, for me, the challenging environment was just to like make a conversation in English. And then um, it, like Ivana said, it gets like harder and harder, like the challenges, the challenges are harder. For example, I don't know, um, having your first sales meeting or uh, coordinating international senior country or leading a team or uh, in this case like currently moving to a new country and uh, leading the entire organization in that country so yeah there are a lot of challenges <laughs> yes um so for me actually uh one of the main challenges also as mentioned before comes uh the more you you go up uh, in the hierarchy, let's say, because then you start being in charge of people. Um, and let's not lie to ourselves, like we are all like young people here in our 20s. Um, normally such positions um, in other companies are given to people with at least 10 years of experience and so on. Um, while here you can just uh, for a year become from a new member to someone who is actually in charge of a big team. Um, and so, of course, this comes with some challenges because you uh, like it takes some time to learn uh, how people work, how are people in your team, how you can motivate them, how you can reward them, how you can give them feedback. Um, and uh, in my opinion, this has been one, one of the hardest things for me as well to, to master. Uh, but then at the same time, uh, it gives you like such a crazy amount of experience that um, I am sure right now that I am 
have gained a lot of skills, a lot of soft skills as well um, in my communication, um, you know, like giving feedback, etc., which a lot of other people my age haven't gathered, uh, even though they maybe have uh, worked in a fancier company, let's say, at interns and so on. But I think it's just the position and uh, like really this confidence or people plan see confidence in you that you can actually be in charge of teams and you can make big decisions here that um, really develops you. I mean, for me, what was the biggest challenge is that I grew up as a lonely child. Like I was alone. Like I was the only kid in my family and it was making me a little bit more less collaborative with the friends and so on. In ISEC, you always work with a lot of people and every single thing that you do is actually depending on the other person. So you have to learn, like you have to challenge yourself to be more collaborative, work with others, uh, like do like do the different job descriptions by yourself and decide that like how it's going to affect other people and so on. So it's actually bringing you a lot of responsibility about like it's your own responsibility as well as you're taking care of the other's responsibility as well. You have to think about it. And this is, uh, this can be really challenging for a person who was actually thinking for their self only. Uh, so that was really challenging. And this is like, there's one more thing that like when your responsibilities grow, within the organization it always gives you less time to take care of yourself and start self-caring routines and so on uh, and like this is one of the challenges that is teaching you that like how you can take rest and in order to give your best to the people that you are leading and then uh, that the job that you're doing because at the same like at, at the end of the day you are just taking a responsibility to to like delivering experience to your young people. It's not only a leadership experience, but it's also experience of a lifetime that you can get only in the university years. So it's uh, giving you uh, a responsibility of other people. That is another challenge for us to take care of it. So that was really, really like, I was thinking about it a lot when during my leadership years and still like during even this day, I considering that how I'm going to give the best experience to my people and it's actually challenging my mind every single day. I mean, one thing uh, that I really need to add uh, on everything being said, um, I think that the biggest challenge in our organization is being a leader. Uh, and I'm not joking about it because when you're a leader, you have to be empathetic as much as you can understand everyone being there for everyone uh you have to you have to know how to how to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others which is something that nita said uh you you really need to know how to delegate uh work how to uh, coordinate big and small teams and how to ensure that when a, a member is telling you, oh my God, I can't with this work or I am so brain drained, how to keep up with the with this person, how to ensure that there's going to be high performance and at the same time the team is going to get satisfied. That's a challenge. That's a big, big challenge. So I think that the biggest challenge that all of us face in organization is being a good leader. Great, I agree with, with Ivana completely. 
I also wanted to uh, to add some things from let's say from my experience what was challenging and what was pushing pushing my limits it was always when I went out of my comfort zone and before I was in Isaac I was in like smaller organizations I would say and I I think I was always somehow like I have my own project and I'm comfortable with that and then when I started being in Isaac as a member it sort of pushed me to be more outgoing which I never considered about myself like people get surprised when I tell them I'm actually I mean I consider myself an introvert and it was very soon um I joined Isaac in 2017 and then in 2018 I took a leadership role and I had my own team and then I realized okay now I have to initiate the conversation I'm not supposed to be the one who sits at the at the at the back and just wait for people to approach me because I'm the one who is the team leader and I think that pushed me a lot in a sense that now I'm not like scared of approaching people I'm not like let's say shy-ish from here to there so those are some things that I, I don't think I would develop if I if I didn't take the leadership role then but what I actually wanted to start here is let's say specific examples of our struggles because uh, all of us are in the organization for more than four years. So let me just start, let's say, and then you, you, you'll add your own struggles and things. So for example, we had to organize a project that is like an event in Iceland that is very big, like huge. So Daniel knows president of, of uh, Iceland comes to, to our event. And we, we cannot screw this up. Like we have to own it. We have to represent and we have to make sure that all the companies that are there are satisfied and there's no problem. Because if if they start talking bad about our project, it's it's done. You know, it's, it's not going to be nice. And that year when we were organizing it, it happened that uh, some people couldn't continue. And like three weeks before the project, there was literally like only four of us then we had like 70 companies so that like means 200 people to manage and then people are coming to the event and i was in charge of like out of the website and i don't have that many skills in web design but like i get things around algorithms and then in a week i was supposed to work study and do like those things around computer and companies always asking me to add something more, always asking me to add something uh, something else, to change things. And then other people were managing, let's say, like, what are the logistics in the event? Who's going there? Who's going here? And um, I think it was only two people out of five that actually had some experience organizing events. But for us, it was like, how do we do this? How do we make sure that uh, they're going to be satisfied, that we don't break the communication? Because, uh, first of all, people in Iceland are very... Uh, not sensitive but they're not used to people being very hard on them in a sense that I, I'm not going to deliver this for, to you or you have to have this deadline you have to have this so just adopting to the whole reality and just go going through all of this was was a big challenge and it went okay like it was, it was like no one actually complained and then afterwards when we started going like when I was taking more responsibilities and when I was taking more uh, education let's say in event planning I was like okay so this is something that I've been 
using on my own but now i'm improving it so like like ivana said i think at the beginning it is an environment where you get to learn on your own but you get let's say enough education that you try and then you build up on it so i think that's the beauty of isaac in a sense that you start something on your own and then you build up and you practice all those things and you have like andrea said as well you have people to ask is this actually going to work and you can be very innovative in your ideas and that's super great i have a very similar story as yours when uh, when we were creating one traditional event national one uh in isaac i i was actually responsible head responsible of uh the department that was supposed to create this event and guess what i had zero knowledge on how to do this because the first there was no person able to to be responsible uh of that department so i had to take it over because at the same time i was the national president and i literally learned by doing but there was no time for me to panic or to um just you know uh overthink stuff uh i had to immediately execute because we were having tight schedule uh and the most difficult thing about it was that it was actually the time where uh physical was going to digital digital and um i didn't know how to create a physical turn physical event into a digital one i really didn't know how to do it because as you said modern we have to take care of companies that satisfaction everything so i was really really concerned how this thing is going to turn out but um the beautiful thing about it is that like i was really thinking outside of the box uh and i was very proud with what we've delivered um as an organization i was even amazed in at the end when the event finished uh all of the companies just they even texted us they were like very 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 happy of what we've created and what we offered and the delegates were very satisfied and i think that was a very good and 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 turning point for us as an organization in macedonia so yeah like learning by doing was such a challenging experience for me but it was also very 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 developing I think for me uh, the most challenging experience was uh, literally my last and current role in Isaac and rather entering into it um I became uh, the president of Isaac in Denmark in a very unexpected way um I was supposed to be um vice president for talent management which is basically something that um is the Isaac version of HR um however um uh, because of some circumstances uh, our initial the person who had to be president had to quit and then I was uh, sort of um pushed into the position um and uh, even though i was really really happy and excited about it i did not have the experience because like as we say now or like a little bit earlier that like you know in isaac you can do everything you do not need the experience but like some positions do require some sort sort of transition education experience which i was lacking and so um i um i entered a position where my daily routine was consisting of things that i've never done before and i didn't know how they work and similar as what ivana was saying for example i had to learn by doing and i didn't have time to you know like stop and sort of um 
I don't know, like pity myself or be like, why is this happening to me? And things like that, just because like things were depending on me and they, they needed to happen right here and right now. Um, and so I think it was a very beautiful journey. Um, it was a very tough one as well, but I don't regret any single part of it because if I didn't go through it, um, I wouldn't be uh, the person who I am today. Um, for me, one of the most challenging moments was also something with, uh, similar with what uh, happened to Daniel. But the one I'm actually going to talk about is another one. Uh, it was in my first year in ISEC. And all of the sudden, I was, uh, I mean, not all of the sudden, I applied for this position, but still, I wasn't prepared for actually all the actions that uh, were supposed to happen. Um, we had in that summer, like over 100 internationals in my city for a volunteering project. And I was responsible, like finally responsible for all of them. And it was, I think, I don't know, the biggest shock in my life because first of all, I needed to speak in English, which for me was something extremely new, but it's not like you have a choice. I mean, all these people come from all around the world and they count on you and you are that person responsible to make sure that their experience is going to be a good one and they are going to talk nice about your country and about this experience and it's actually going to change something for them. So basically, I also learned by doing how to manage so many people, how to make sure that everybody has a good project, that they are delivering also good sessions to the kids they were teaching, um, that you solve all the problems that appear because, I mean, when you have so many people, all sorts of problems can appear and everybody is looking up to you and they are like, find the solution, find the solution in this second. And uh, well, you find one because uh, you need to. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, the feelings that you have, like you are feeling so fulfilled and people are calling you even after two years and they are telling you how much you changed their life. So yeah, it's super worth it. Biggest challenge I think I faced is a little bit more in the NGO side of the organization. At the end of the day, our job is it's with people and it's for people. There are always some problems coming out when it's coming from the human side of the organization. So we were trying to run that side as well, like how to decide what to do with these people, their experience and so on. When you have these two weeks of like some sort of solitude, when you gave your break to yourself, you will see that this in, in these two weeks, you're seeing that how much pro like progress that you took in this challenging days that you were deciding and then you are motivating yourself and then you're starting again to do the same things that you were doing like two weeks ago, but it's giving you the pleasure of this great achievement of this challenge because overcoming this challenging is actually like pushing you to go to this like inner or outer journey that we were talking about in organization that it's helping you a lot to grow in yourself and it's also grow like it's also helping you to grow your own operation within the organization. Thank you so much for, for sharing your side of the story. Now let's focus more about uh, what does what does it mean for youth? So for members that are in organization. So we see that all five of us are very passionate about what the organization is doing and what we've uh, achieved in the organization. But I wanted to ask uh, what 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 is it in your community? So in Denmark, in Bulgaria, in Macedonia, in Estonia, and also in the countries where you come from, 
um, in Romania or in uh, Turkey? What does it mean for members to join the organization? What do you hear from them? I mean, for me, it's two different worlds because being originally Turkish and working in Estonia, it's uh, two different worlds aside and people have way more different expe expectations from the organization when they're participating in. Like in Turkey, they're looking for like some uh, opportunities in abroad, how they can like uh, develop their language skills, how they can meet with new people and so on. But in Estonia, it's completely different experience when people participating in an organization, they're expecting some sort of like job description. They want to have like practical experiences where they can actually pra practice their like business side, like what they study in the school. They are looking for that experience that where they can try the soft skills that they're like learning theoretically in the university that they can actually develop in the organization. But like it, it's way different when, when you look at the expectation from people, for example, from in Turkey, people are joining their uh, like ISEC because they wanted to go to go and exchange and they see that it's an easier way to participate as a member, develop some skills and then be like participate to exchange activity uh, after like developing this leadership skills. But in Estonia, people already have uh, a lot more ways to go and abroad and experience this uh, cross-cultural exchange. So for them, it's more important to experience this like practical environment and the challenge their self in a way that they cannot do in the university. So I think this uh, brings that like it's showing how this organization, how, how much variety on sort of like job descriptions and the effect on people. So for me, so I mean, I'm originally from Bulgaria, but I'm part of ISEC in Denmark, so I cannot really speak of how ISEC works in Bulgaria as I've never experienced it, but I'm sure that uh, Andrea will tell us later about it. Um, however, in Denmark, I think there is two main factors here. Uh, the first one, of course, is that the youth here is really competitive because there is just like so many, so much competition. And so uh, people see ISEC also as a place where you, they can um, literally put things on their CV, like different sorts of key skills, experience, etc. So like, this is one of the main reasons that they join ISEC. While the other one also is the community, because um, a lot of people here a lot of people our age here are internationals. So when they are coming to Denmark, uh, they're sort of like, you know, feeling a little bit lost. They want to find this, let's say, circle of people and friends and so on. And Isaac is just uh, a way for this to uh, give it to them. Uh, simultaneously about the days, which uh, believe it or not, are a very, very small part of our organization as ISEC in Denmark, but we do have some. So they normally join because they actually want to meet internationals and sort of com communicate um, with internationals or just, just like really get to know them a little bit more. So this is also a reason uh, for people to join. And even though we are let's say selling ISEC as uh, a leadership organization, normally at least in ISEC in Denmark, the hook for them to come and join is something different than that. And then once in the organization, they actually start getting inspired by the people and the stories around them. So they also start working on their leadership. But um, I wouldn't say that it's, it's like right away that when you, for example, are recruiting members and promoting ISEC, that leadership is necessarily the first thing that they go for. Um, so our organization is rather, um, at least here in Denmark, more about making them aware once they are inside 
of how they can develop leadership and that the fact that leadership is actually important. For me, I'm originally from Romania, but I could talk over all Romania and Bulgaria because during my years in ISEC, I saw people joining for so many different reasons. I mean, some join because, you know, you are moving in a new city to university and you feel alone. You need a community to belong to. You need new friends. Some people join to improve their skills, to upgrade their CV, to get experience, to add something to their university experience. Because, I mean, in university you study a lot, but you don't have a lot of this practical part. And the list could go on. But then people choose to stay for maybe for the same reasons, but they are also kind of adding this you know, impact that we are bringing and because they start to seeing it like with their own eyes and it, it's a reason for them to stay. And as a new member in ISEC, honestly, the few months are like a super crazy experience because you need to learn so many things and everything is so new and everybody's telling you so many things and you are like a sponge, you know, you are looking to everybody and listening to everybody. And it's pretty cool and also pretty confusing, but yeah, it's very exciting. In Iceland, it's it's also a different different story. I hear from members that, like past members, for example, um, what what they say is, "Oh my God, I will! Uh, I never imagined that I would get this from Isaac. I would never imagine I would do these things. I never imagined I would uh, ever do this in life." And um, that mainly comes from from the fact that we we do create a community, and it always is international community because we get like students that are ex on exchange, we get students that are like uh, international but like on full time studies, and then we get like locals, and um, locals are very, hmm, how would I say, not not shy but somehow reserved. Like Iceland is a isolated isolated country. And they, when when people come from abroad, they are very reserved to how they're gonna be approached, how they will approach people. And then we had many stories and many situations where they were in Isaac, and they're like, "Oh my God, I I'm so like like me for example, I'm so outgoing after Isaac. I'm talking more with people. I'm better at communicating. I'm taking more risks." And I think that's something that our members see as uh, as the biggest contributor and it's very difficult to to explain that for example that is what is going to happen like to pe people that uh, see the organization for the first time but i'm actually happy that uh, that's happening even even for a small amount of people that join in a sense i mean i isaac in iceland is uh, a small entity what i also wanted to say is uh, that they do look for those things that can that are connected to their, let's say, field of studies. So we have people that want to do something in marketing. We have people that want to do something related to business and their work on the projects. They work on content creation, how to, how to get people online engaged and things like that. And and then they go to the work field, like in the corporate sector, and 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 then they are very valued at their workplace because they actually had some touch, like. Uh, experience in the field of their work and I think that's something that they that everyone in Isaac can take away from the organization also we do have people that there are in some teams that are not necessarily in their field so for example one of my co-workers she's a nurse 
many things that she has been doing in the team in Isaac was very connected to uh, to communication when she goes uh, and talks with her patients or with her colleagues, and it makes the communication super super easy. But also she can take higher positions because people trust uh, trust in her, and she is developed leadership skills for the role. Hi, hi, you reached the midpoint of the episode. We wanted to let you know that the mission of this episode is to connect learners and educators throughout the world, which is the same as Trainers Forum mission, and you can find more information about it on trainersforum.org. And if you want to connect more with our podcast, you can find us on Instagram on our new page, The Learning Experience, with a dot between each word. And also, all our social links are in the description. See you guys. Now we go back to the episode. When you deliver trainings in Isaac, how does that look like in your countries? Based on, like, in general, before I do any type of a session, training session, educational, whatever that is <laughs> that I am supposed to be delivering, I really would like to go through sensing, audience sensing, knowing uh, my audience, the first of all, how I'm creating a specific session, what are their needs, what's the objective of the session, and so on. And usually in my sessions, I like to incorporate some practical knowledge, some workshops, uh, workspaces, call it however, however you want. Uh, because uh, I don't want to be just talking. I like to have proactivity and I like to empower people talking and taking ownership uh, of the topic discussed. So I think that it's something very important that we do in ICE, like leaving the space for the people to, to get engaged, not just us theoretically delivering a session and then bye-bye like most of the university professors that we have <laughs> so i think that uh yeah it's it's not a rocket science but it's very important and as i said in the beginning sensing the audience what they need what you want to get outside of it it's a very important part otherwise uh the workspace or the session itself might fail Actually, following up on what Ivana said and, and about the sensing, and I think that there is some very, very important topic that we should touch upon here. And this is the fact that in the last year, where I have had the most of my session and educational spaces, we've been doing this online. It's very, very different when you deliver any sort of educational space or any sort of session uh, online than offline, because let's not lie to ourselves, like I'm sitting in a room talking to my computer. This is how it goes. And then on the other side, somehow indirectly, like I'm communicating with, with the audience, but then I don't know, like, for example, how they feel, are they like, are they interested? Are they excited? Or are they just like dead bored? Because I mean, some of them are keeping their cameras on, but like a lot of people just having their cameras off. So you don't even know even if they're listening to you. So this is like when the, one of the most important things come in place is that it's very important to engage the audience in your session. So like doing it like 
lecture kind of type where you just appear and talk and talk and talk and talk and you expect them to sort of absorb the knowledge and then just move forward with it it's definitely not gonna happen in an online setting like it barely happens in offline setting either so like normally what i do about my educational sessions is that i would have a space in the beginning where i just sort of um you know like talk familiarize them with the concept etc and then there is always some sort of like you know discussion space or like working in groups or things like that um so first for them for me to like assess if they're um, actually absorbing this properly and secondly to also make sure that they're interacting and they're not just falling asleep in front of the screen or something like that so yeah and, and then again of course it depends also on the audience because i've been delivering sessions for all different types of people in isaac from members to national presidents and uh you really need to align and adjust because like different types of people require different sort of approach so this is also something very important to take into consideration totally agree with daniel I mean, this year, in terms of delivering uh, spaces for education and other sorts of spaces, was way more challenging than in general, because it's very hard to like sense how your audience is really feeling and if they are uh, like really paying attention and so on. So you always need to come up with like different ways to like make them focus, even if it's just I don't know saying a random joke in the middle of the space or whatever works you know um and in terms of how i'm preparing or uh, delivering well i'm trying to you know find things that like the random things i i have uh, newsletters uh, that i'm subscribed to that uh, i i get ideas from i'm always asking other people like even people from this um, this group i'm always asking for ideas for examples you know, because if you are staying just in your own box, you can't really bring so much value to your people. So you need to go and ask people and uh, ask Google and uh, try a lot of uh, methods until you find the ones that are uh, suitable for your people. Do you remember a specific training that you delivered and you were super proud of it? It was super recently, to be honest, like while I was delivering the session, I actually learned myself while I was like in this uh, searching for the session topic. What can I add as a like that can actually help people to reflect on themselves and actually change something in their life? Because it wasn't only specifically like ISEC related session, but it was a session was about self-management skill and how to develop that. I really enjoyed because the session started actually with this self-reflection that like how much you actually self-care and how much you're able to do self-management for yourself and your job descriptions that you created for yourself and so on. And then this the session continued with this fact that uh, like we are not actually doing self-management even though we think about it. And then how we can de develop the skills, like what seven things that you should do in order to manage manage yourself routine, how you should develop it, and then so on. So I really enjoyed delivering it, and I actually like uh, get really good feedback about the session and so on. So I really enjoyed delivering, and I I think it like I've been in ISEC for six years, now, and it it was the best session I delivered, but it was like super nice experience i don't know like i really get really good feedback and people still writing me about like some uh things that they were asking that okay
okay, how I can develop this skill while doing this? Because it's self-management is something that it's really pushes you out of your comfort zone. Helping people doing that, it's actually very satisfying for a leader, I would say. I, I consider myself as a leader and I tend to say that. So that was the best session that I delivered and I really enjoyed it and people enjoyed it. So it was nice. So for me, I don't know if that's the best session that I ever delivered, but it's it's the most like recent memory um, and also based on the feedback that I got. So it was a session that I delivered this May, um, so like a month ago, and um, the audience was uh, the newly elected uh, presidents uh, of ISEC, uh, different countries in ISEC in Europe. Um, and so I was delivering a session on uh, change management, which is a very like hot topic in ISEC because like now we're changing everything, like a lot of our, um, like, you know, things, uh, how we're doing our approaches, system, etc. And um, basically um, I tried to combine uh, a lot of different things into this one hour that I was delivering. Um, so started off uh, with my own experience sharing, but then um, also I included some sort of frameworks that were not mine, but rather some from some relevant authors and so on. Um, and then also gave the people space to work on their own and then finally to discuss everything in groups. So it had a little bit of everything and um, like based because um, to be honest, like even after the session was done, I was like, okay, did I do a good job, a decent job, or was it just uh, like nothing? Uh, so then like reading through the feedback, I realized that it was actually quite good for the audience. Um, and I also become more self-aware of like how it looked from the other side that I was like, sort of like taking them through this journey of, um, okay, so like first giving them all the facts, like both based on personal experience, but also theoretical knowledge, and then giving them the chance to plan themselves how they want to do the change management in their entity. Um, and so uh, the best thing that I heard from the feedback was that um, one of the people said that they would like to deliver the very same session to their team before they start their planning, uh, just because they thought that it's relevant. Um, so my advice um, for delivering educational spaces would be to just sort of try and make it more dynamic so it doesn't follow like the same pattern or like the same kind of content to this whole hour or two or however hours you're going to be having, but rather just um, take it from different angles and also listen to feedback because um, the feedback that I received before delivering the session by my, by my um, like teammates for the conference um, also made the session what it ended up with, with their input. So, yeah. Uh, for me, probably is not the best thing I ever delivered, but it's one of the things I'm the most proud of is when I, I got my biggest team in ISEC, they were like eight people and I needed basically to onboard them in the entire like uh, organization and processes and so on. And uh, our department was supposed to do incoming exchanges, which means basically bringing international in companies in your uh, community. So we were supposed to do sales and uh, a lot of other things. So basically in like one week and a half, I managed to do like these um, full sessions with a lot of practical stuff. And like after one week and a half, they were already like setting meetings with companies and going. And I think one of them even signed the contract, which was like unbelievable for new members because usually these, uh, these things are taking a lot of time. So I was super proud. And another thing, it was my first session as a, 
president of ICIC in Bulgaria, it really wasn't the best, but I was super proud because it was the first time I did this. And I remember when I joined ISIC and I was looking up to the national president and I was like, oh my God, look what session she's delivering. And then I was the one um, supposed to deliver it. But I mean, during all these processes, you, lo- you really re- learn a lot. And even while you actually present it, you realize what you could improve next time. So it's like a full learning experience, most of My session was uh, not, uh, let's say, uh, uh, training, training, like skill development, hard skills and so on, but it was mostly uh, about uh, self-awareness, how to increase it as a quality and how to better understand yourself. And um, I, I think that it's one of the most impactful sessions that I've done, uh, knowing the fact that after, after the session, one girl decided to apply for MCB of her own country, which uh, like she came towards, she came to me and she said that legit, <laughs> I, I empowered her with the session. So I was very happy about it because it was a session for um, the membership of my entity, but also we had some internationals and she was one of the internationals and um, the session itself was uh, consisted of like several parts one of which was uh, a workshop where each one of them had to pair with another person they got to discuss about their own uh, strengths their own weaknesses Uh, they gave each other some call to actions then we had the general discussion space but the main point of this session was that I had a a main message that I was driving throughout the whole part, throughout the whole space. I think that I pretty got, pretty much got, got to the point. For me, it's one of the sessions that I'm gonna remember always, and especially due to the fact that, you know, when you see a, a real proof that you are making an impact, that someone is getting empowered by your words, by your space, that's such a happy moment. It's real leadership. Thank you, Ivana. For me, for example, that what I delivered in Isaac was again online session. <laughs> I delivered it, I think, quite sometimes, and I'm never satisfied, and I'm always doubting myself in a sense that I don't know if I if I'm actually doing what the session is supposed to do. And this session was done twice, so once at the uh, conference for Swiss entity and once for Danish entity. (laughs) So I had it first on Friday and then the other one was on Saturday. And then one was one hour, one was one and a half hour. But I had some tools that I had to explain and to like test out with people. I had so little time to do that. Like there's three types of tools that they had to learn how to use and I was just trying to manage at that time to not just talk about that but to give them time to to use them because if they just see the tools and not actually use them at that same time they're not that that session is basically useless and I was trying to like talk fast and also give them space and give them for feedback and sometimes online things can go 
wrong because you cannot tell people, you know, to mute them in the middle of talking or something. But at the end, I told them everything, but I'm so stressed if they're actually going to use that. And then when we received feedback or when we had it, I think we had another like 15 minutes at the end that we were just discussing the sessions and they were like, oh my God, this session was so amazing. This was so great. I really loved it. For me, I really liked the topic. It was about personal development uh, a plan, how to make your personal development plan. And then, um, because that tool actually works with me, so I just wanted to share it with others and, and just help them make personal development plan for themselves. And it was super great when you hear people actually wanting to use the things that you wanted to do. And then also this struggle of actually not having enough time and um, just wanting them to learn, but not having enough time to actually test the tools and to give them, let's say, that practical experience. But they were all satisfied. They were like, oh my God, this is so useful. So for me, after all those feedbacks, I was like, okay, this was actually a really good job. But I never feel like that in the session. I never feel that in the session. So I'm always stressed if this is going okay, if this is going wrong. But I think all of us, like trainers and people that deliver trainings, have that in themselves. You know, you can't be... 100% confident and I think it happened that if I'm more confident that I'm not delivering well so I don't know how how do you guys feel about that I don't think I ever felt like extremely confident about any of my station or I don't know like I'm my biggest critic so like every time I'm preparing something or delivering something in instead of like you know the first feeling is never being proud or being uh, fulfilled. It's like, what could I do better next time? Well, let's see what didn't it work. Let's ask people for feedback. Let's uh, see how can I be better and so on. But actually, I mean, in my opinion, this is a pretty good way of thinking because if you are just like, oh, yes, I delivered the session, good for me. But okay, but like, how can you be better, you know? For me, it's also very interesting because um, when I deliver any session, like <laughs> I literally go through all types of emotions and feelings throughout the session. Normally, I always um, very often start insecure or, or not confident. I've been told that I'm very, very good in hiding that. So uh, people do not really see this. Um, and I, uh, most of the people that I deliver session to, they tell me like, okay, like, you know, you're, you just seem so confident and everything seems that like, you know, it very well and so on. Wow. In reality, it's not like that. Um, I, I do overthink a lot. I, um, I literally just like look at people's faces, the one that they have their cameras on. And then I'm like trying to analyze them while I talk simultaneously. But, uh, what I would say is that back in the beginning when I was saying that I'm going through all types of feelings through the session is like the, the more I advance in the session, the more I feel like things are going and it's okay and I'm actually doing a good job. Um, so like normally by the end of the session, I feel satisfied with myself. Um, and then after that, I always, always, always like to check the feedback. Um, and like, as Andrea said, I am also like one of the hardest judges of myself. Like when I look at the feedback and then all of it is positive, but then just one of them is negative. Uh, that also makes me like consider, okay, so it did a really good, did a good job or no. Uh, but at the end, I think people should just start or like people who deliver sessions should just stop uh, judging themselves so hard because 
yes, like there is nothing perfect in this world. And yeah, your session won't be 100% perfect, but like it will be impactful most likely. And so just try to always look on the bright side and um, really just like see all the nice feedback that you're receiving from your audience. I mean, from my side, it's pretty similar to what uh, Daniel said. People really, really think that I am super confident when I am delivering a session. <laughs> like they really think that. And sometimes they say that I even look like angry and so passionate about <laughs> the topic, you know. But in fact, I am legit shaking and I am overthinking how the other people are feeling. Am I delivering the right message? Am I being boring? And it's, I don't know, uh, it's not, I wouldn't call it an insecurity, but I would just call it me being a perfectionist in a way, because I really want everyone to be very good and uh, to be super satisfied with what I'm seeing. And that's, that's impossible. In reality, it's impossible that you're going to be 100% entertaining to every single person in the audience. But it's something that you really can, can't get out of your hands. And also, another thing that I would like to share on this uh, point is there was one time where I really wasn't afraid to deliver a specific session. I was 100% confident. Like, I did not overthink any anything about the session itself. And you know what? Like, the session was a failure. <laughs> it was such a failure. <laughs> and it was the in the beginning of my Isaac experience. And maybe that was a learning point for me to never be 100% confident <laughs> because because uh you know when you're 100% confident that you're delivering like the session you know the topic you know how it will go there's no need for you to resting and stuff it's actually the moment when you are least preparing for the session itself that's when it's most likely for you to fail the session and to fail the people I wouldn't say don't be 100% confident, but try to see other, uh, other alternatives on how you can do a better session. I think that's very, very important as a call to action. So people, don't be confident. Confidence is overrated, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm joking. I think, I, but you're right. Like, you, you're never going to deliver a perfect session. But you should never actually agree with that because you have to strive to deliver best session and then you know be aware that there's gonna there's gonna be shit happening uh here and there that is the beauty of training you know uh because if you how how the perfect session actually looks like i don't know like i think it, it it's never perfect for both sides you know for for delegates and for people that are delivering I just want to add something very quickly because like uh, just this thing about the perfect session really like uh, woke up a thought in me. So delivering a perfect session is practically impossible. Like you have a couple of different people in the audience at least and like every single person is different. So what perfect means for you is not the same as for someone else. Basically, it's more about you delivering the message, you delivering the purpose and then delivering it on a way that's, um, in your opinion, good for the majority. But then like different people will have these different assumptions. So it won't be like 100% perfect for everyone, but it can still be very, very good for everyone. Yes, thank you, Dani.
let's now talk about the best training you guys had. So let's say best training in Isaac. So for me, it was actually for this conference. I can't choose a specific space because the entire conference was like a full experience. Yeah, in my first year in Isaac, I was a team leader. And uh, it was a conference just for team leaders and members. And basically for uh, these four days, they assigned us a team from different um, like cities. It was it weren't people from our city. And me as team leader, I had like, I don't remember, four people from totally different cities. I never met them before. And through these all four days, we needed to like, you know, create a team from these people and go through different tasks like simulations and so on for the things that we are doing in you know in our uh, realistic experience to get points and to make them you know sign fictional contracts and stuff like this it's been like pretty intense and we learned so many things in just four days because you went from strangers to creating like an actual functioning team bonded that could work together and achieve together so yeah for me this was very impactful for me on the other hand was a session that i attended for the first time ever in ISEC. it was a skill building session and since i was put in the department of sales uh and i didn't know how to do sales the session itself was about knowing how to have informational sessions for stakeholders, for uh, companies, uh, for use, uh, and then some uh, tips and tricks on how you're supposed to be presenting ISA, how you're supposed to be presenting our projects and products and so on, what is teaching. I really, really, really like this session because it was the first time that I got to meet a sale concept, any type of sale concept. And what I really liked about the session itself was that it was it was very interactive. It wasn't just, okay, a presentation of PPT design with tips and tricks on it, but it was actually we uh, working in a group. We, all of us were practically trying to do sales on the spot. And it was very, very interesting to be part of. And it really taught me a lot on how to do sales afterwards in ISEC. It was uh, such an impact for me. For me, it was just similar to Andrea, not really a session. It was a conference that I attended. And it was a conference meant for ISECers, but it was not really like, let's say, educating you about operations in ISEC or anything like that. Um, it was a conference uh, that was held in Portugal uh, called Global Lead Conference. Uh, I don't know if some of you guys maybe have heard about it. So it's just kind of like this sort of self-awareness uh, conference space, which uh, takes uh, about like four days, I believe. And it's it's literally just like this this whole holistic experience uh, where everything kind of like connects with each other. So like there is a lot of session where you just kind of like sort of go out of your comfort zone and share things and talk about things that you normally wouldn't talk about. And yeah, like in many people, this would not be accepted as, um, I don't know, like let's say educational session or educational space. For me, um, how it works, and I know that it works similar for many other people is that sometimes I do not need to be educated directly. I need to be inspired 
uh, to go and educate myself. So very often it's not about teach me, it's about inspire me to teach myself. Uh, so this conference like really helped me about that, like exploring myself and my values, etc. And then based on that, taking some sort of specific actions about learning the things that I need in order to achieve what I want. So this was like a big milestone, not only in my ISEG experience, but also in my life. For me, the, it wasn't a session as well for me as well, but like the most impactful for me was the one that I participated nationally in Turkey. It was the first conference. It's called Atempo 2015. It was full of a conference. Like the, the aim of the conference is actually motivate people, to make sure that everyone is actually ready to run operations and so on. But it was also a new member conference and I was a newbie when I joined that conference. Every single thing that they were saying about the organization was amazing me. And then they were actually teaching some self-awareness uh, tricks. And then they were teaching some like how you can manage the school life and ISAC balance together and so on. Overall, like so, it was super impactful conference on me, but there was specific one session. It was talking about that as a person, how you can actually be the best version of yourself. In that session, I was super amazed by the person who was delivering the session, that she was super confident. She was like this person who was like sure that she's actually developed that like skill that she was talking about. And She's ready to uh, rock the world with her best version and so on. So I was super amazed and I wanted to be her. I imagined her that my future self and so on. So like in, in that session, actually, like it somehow also guided me through my both Isaac journey and my like in professional life, because like it was teaching you that, OK, you're putting a goal to be a best version of yourself. And then you're going through that uh, like process of being challenged and being process of like hating something but still doing it and so on so it was a really amazing session for me and I really enjoyed it and I believe that it's like still like I have the recording and then the output of those that session and like time to time I still like open the PPTs and reading about it and like preparing myself about that okay like where I started where am I right now and how I can actually like continue being the best version of myself i think it's a journey that it will never stop like until the day i die but it's still like it was the best session that i attended i can say truly that it was it so amazing for me now, now that i go back i think m maybe there was some session that was more interesting than this one what brings my attention when i look back into a couple of months be before is when we had partner session on RPM, the president's meeting in in May, it was so inspiring because it comes from someone external. So for me, it's like, okay, this is a new person. So it gets my attention immediately. And then it was just talking about leadership roles and how to drive uh, a team, how to empower people. And it was just so good that I still remember that it was inspiring. So if Steffi is listening, Steffi, good job bringing those people and uh, having that session there because it's it lasts like I think it's like already two months after after that meeting. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining. Let's just have some sharings in a sense of what do you want people that are listening to this podcast to know about learning. Wait, I'm gonna erase this. Let me try again. Do over. 
again. Ugh. Um. Okay. Let's close the space with uh, one question. What does learning mean to you? I would say it's a lifelong journey. The day that you're born, and then I it should like continue until the day you die, because it never finished that the things that you can learn and then the way that you can develop yourself. I was mentioning in the previous question as well that like how you can actually uh, make sure that like this best version of you can continue. You still have to learn some things, even you're 80 or even you're 90. So like giving a chance to people to teach something and giving yourself a chance to learn more things is a way to develop yourself learning is actually a way to help community as well it will allows you to be more understanding and be more point focused i would say so it will help you a lot in a sense of communication and in a sense of being part of the community it's a lifelong journey that it will never stop yeah what i'm gonna say is that it's not only a lifelong journey for me, but how I understand it, it's also a self, self-led self journey, which is something that relates to what Daniel said earlier when he was talking. Don't just teach me. Sometimes you need to inspire me to teach myself. And as you get older, you really need to keep up with being curious, with being uh, eager to learn by yourself, to not wait for other people to come and to teach you everything. I think that it's very important to be self-led in this journey and to ensure that you're going to be getting the most out of it, all of the experiences, talking with different people, gaining different perspectives, whatever that is that you're working on, university or whatever, to never stop learning and to learn more and more and more outside of your bubble. To not be, for example, you're learning, I don't know, arts. To not just lean towards learning arts, but to also lean towards learning business or whatever, because having different perspectives it's gonna really open your mind that's that's learning and what nida said at the end of the day learning helps the society once you have the full knowledge once you have once you know what's happening in the world what's happening in the local community you know how to act i absolutely agree with uh, what the girl said before but for me, I think one of the main important aspects of learning, uh, teaching, education, all these things are that it's still uh, there still exists this huge misconception in the society that this is just what you do in school um, or at university and so on. While you learn things every single day by yourself, by other people and so on. It is a journey, yes, um, as uh, they said before me. And I believe that learning is also the process that keeps us living um in the sense of like experiencing things so you're not just existing but you are living so imagine if if your days were just all the same where nothing new happens you don't try anything new you don't learn anything new and you just live in this in this matrix of same old same old stuff so then would your life actually be happy and would it make sense so this is why like i really want to encourage people to 
really understand that it's really up to them. Um, you do not need to necessarily attend university. You do not need to assess, necessarily attend a course. You can learn by yourself. This is uh, absolutely possible. And this is what actually distinguishes us from other species because we as humans are uh, people who are changing constantly and who are uh, developing constantly. And so at the end of the day, learning makes you who you are. Every single learning is part of the character that you are building. And uh, I just want to say as a message that just never forget that and uh, just always appreciate yourself for every single thing that you have uh, obtained as information or as a skill, no matter how small it might look. Okay, so for me, basically super short, I would say that this, um, like uh, learning and so on, it's a lot about constant improvement, about empathy, about adaptability. If you don't enjoy while you deliver different sessions and so on, people could really feel it and your session could be be a failure, let's say. Thank you everybody so much. I'm also learning from you now. <laughs> I think we never actually had these deep conversations and I'm so happy that I organized the, the episode with uh, all four of you. Some closing remarks. We are encouraging everyone to, to go out of their comfort zone and to try different things. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Ivana. And thank you, Nida, for joining this episode. And I wish you all the best in the coming year. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you.